pushing the boundaries of expectations, rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. We share your hunger for a life without limits. Well, welcome back to the Kinetic Believers Podcast Workshop Retreat Convention. That should about cover it. Well, if you don't know what to choose, choose life. And if you don't know what to think, think abundance. And if you don't know what to say, just encourage and champion and celebrate and edify yourself with positive words of gratitude. We are so glad to have all of you back with us again today. You are the reason that we are here. And if you would like to receive an occasional text message, text the word kinetic to 844-844-0049. StephenCanyon.com is the website. Follow us on Instagram at Stephen Canyon and make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Maggie, people are listening from all around the world today. Maggie, <laughs> they're listening. Yes, yes, Chime yes. In. The, the I want to hear the country. United States, United Kingdom, South Africa, Canada, hello, Australia. Spain is tuned in. India, wow. the United <laughs> Arab Emirates, Poland, Belgium, Netherlands. What is it? Tim, Timor Leste. Timor Leste. Let me see. L E S T E. Timor Leste. Where is that? Let me see it. Timor Leste. Number 12. Uh, oh. That's, what is that? I have no idea. I don't know. Well, there. Hey, hello, Timor, Leste, Germany, Italy, Kenya, Austria, France, Mexico, Vietnam is tuned in in Ireland. Hello, everybody. Hey, <laughs> hello. KBs all around the world. You're and not kidding. Maggie. You're not kidding when you say all around the world. <laughs> not at all. The colors of the sunrise this morning. Did you see those? They were so amazing. I did not. I was asleep. Well, they were so amazing. I took. <laughs> You'll have a, to. I did take a. Do you take a picture or is it a pic or a photo? Well, I think is it Take a picture. Now my mom says take say, a picture. No, she she says make a picture. Oh, make a picture. Well, yes. I'll make a picture for <laughs> Let's you. Let's make pictures. <laughs> when, I like I like that shirt by the way. Do you? Yeah, I like the print. It's Southwest or something. Should I get this tailored? No, it fits you really nicely. You know when the sun is low in the sky like that. First thing in the morning, the light travels through more of the atmosphere. And because of that, it's those shorter, those shorter wavelengths of light producing the colors of all the blues and the violets that you missed today. And they're just scattering across the horizon, producing these the longer wavelengths of colors. And you should have seen the yellows and the oranges. Oranges. I think they're brighter <laughs> and, and, and when the it's reds. cold, when it's colder, like, mm. like it has been here. It's been very, very so? cold here. It well, snowed the other day. But that's true. But now, do you remember the colors when we were in Sarasota, Florida? And it was not cold. That's true. Those were un- unreal. So what is that? And that was on the Gulf side. Does that matter? Because this is on the... Obviously, that matters. The Atlantic side. <laughs> Gorgeous. Gorgeous. You missed it. Well, I make, I'm, I'm going to make a picture for you. Do you, do, you f- do you feel superior when you get up and get up early enough to catch the sunrise? Well, now that you mention it, maybe that may be so. That's why you're a little That's why I'm wearing my standing sp- tall today. <laughs> That's why I'm wearing my special shirt today. <laughs> I saw the sunrise and you didn't. You're like, I'm a little condescending. I'm not going to show you the picture I made. Yes, you are. Yes, you I you won't be able to help yourself. Did you have you noticed the woman who's dancing out at the edge yes. of the water every morning? She's so cute, isn't she? And it's every single day she's ankle deep in in the water. Yeah, she's she has a, these big rain boots on, and she's ankle deep, just twirling and spinning. And she has one of those little nets, that, you know, with the extension handle that she can pick things up without bending over. It is so. She's so cute. She's she's elderly. She is cute. <laughs> and but she does not miss a day. Every morning no. she's out at the water's edge. She's kind of inspiring because she just seems incredibly free in in herself who she is how she spends her time i love it why don't we dance in the at the water's edge i think we should 
Tomorrow morning? Uh, uh, sunrise. I'll sunrise? see you there. <laughs> <laughs> if you thought I was superior when I watched the sunrise, wait until I'm dancing <laughs> to bring it in. You can you can wear you can borrow my shirt. Okay. Hey, for, hey, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. Aren't you? I mean, it feels so good to be here. It does. And, yeah. and looking at the, the ocean there behind well, yeah, you. Yeah, you can see. Beautiful. I can, oh. I'm looking at you. Well, I'm drinking my tea. Keep talking. Okay. <laughs> Do you like the mirror? That's, there's this huge mirror beside us. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence if I like it. I'm not quite sure I do. It's, it feels kind of strange. I don't love the side angle, like we've got honestly. A, well, I feel like we've got an audience here in the room with us That's today. That's true. <laughs> Let's talk about success. Let's talk about success. And, you know, which really is just a positive result, and regardless of whatever the endeavor is. If you get a positive result from walking down the sidewalk and have a positive experience, you've been successful. Mm, I like that. Interesting, right? A positive walk. On the beach, which, by the way, you just took, and I didn't go, so there you go, bragging rights, but you took <laughs> you a walk, go. and you said it was successful, or it was positive, and so that means it means that it was successful, or if you take a walk along a trail, or anything, and it, if it turns out to be a positive, mm. you, you, there's a positive result from it, driving to, driving to the office, I like this. This is already reframing success. I mean, I've racked up many successes already today, and 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 it's also revealing that I think we probably uh, anticipate things being too big to call them successes. You know, like you you wait for something to be earth shatteringly, um, vi- some earth shattering victory to call it a success, and well, that, that, that's not right. To do that means you know most successes will be elusive. Yeah, because if you if you said to me. Uh, Steve, I'm going to go out onto the balcony, and I want to sit and be quiet for just a few minutes. I'm just going to go out here and sit and meditate. Mm-hmm. You can be obviously successful in that endeavor. And it seems like a small thing, but it's not. That's like you're saying, if we mm-hmm. look at the details of what success really is, then all of a sudden it becomes a way of life. And you yeah. are truly, we say all the time, but truly you're living your best life successfully. Mm. When we look at every endeavor, every thought, every interaction with other people um, as a, uh, an opportunity to experience success. This is also going to be attached to intentions, you know, setting small intentions or big intentions. I guess we shouldn't categorize them as small and big, but either way, you're setting an intention mm-hmm. to accomplish a thing. And then the success is attached to that. So that's a big part of this as well. I'm going to be successful in everything I do today. That's my intention. And everything <laughs> I think about, everywhere I go, every everything, I am, all of it is one big success. <laughs> I wish we could bottle your energy, Stephen, and sell it on the website. <laughs> right, sure. But you know, it's su- unbelievable. Su- but seriously, it really, is. Success, no, seriously, seriously, seriously. <laughs> I'm so excited. I know. Success always comes to those that disassociate themselves with the obstacle mm. that's between them and success. That disassoci- that can disassociate themselves from the problem. In other words, yeah. not meditate on, not dwell on some some problem, which, by the way, most of the time is is just self conceived and and. Well, that and, was yes, that was my very first thought when you said that. Like you know, if we're the ones that or- originally attached ourselves to this negative obstacle to our success in the first place, then it makes sense that we we have to be the ones to disassociate. Well, try it. You're on, you're, you're driving on your way down there. 
Okay. Wherever down there is. But okay. that's you're going down there. Peace of your mind. Dwelling. I'm going to go down there and give yeah. me a piece of my mind. <laughs> no, that's the obstacle. You're on your way down there, and you're thinking, <laughs> everything is great. Today is fantastic. I've mm. got my health. I've got my joy, my happiness. Uh, you know, and I'm high-stepping it. And so I'm just going to sit here and be quiet and drive for a while and enjoy this. Well, and as soon as you stop meditating on the success of the moment, what happens? There's a knock at the mental door, and mm. it says, don't you remember what mama and them did to you? Don't you remember what the neighbor was doing? You know, mom is, we pick on mom unnecessarily. You know what? We can, we can invoke mom because mom's precious. She (laughs) can do no wrong. It's true. But there's always, the, the ego wants to come in there and start stirring up trouble, trying to cause problems, trying to tell you that you're not as successful as you think you are. And then remind you of some stuff that, well, actually, that you probably just made up on your own. Well, and what's funny is that everything we're talking about, it's happening in our minds, which is ridiculous, first of all. You know, it's a, it's unbelievable, the battles that are won, lost, the problems that are made mm. bigger than they are, and, and even the power, and then you can parlay that into the power of our our visioning, our imagination. And, I mean, it's the mind is not to be underestimated, and... It can be, you know, a cesspool of toxicity, or it can be your own uh, bubble of, of sort of this heaven on earth place. So it's it's worth talking about. Well, let's talk about it. <laughs> right? It, it's so worth talking about. <laughs> well, because to disassociate requires the wisdom of enlightenment, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yes. Which, which just lies in detachment. It it rests in being able to let go of things, just to let it go. And detachment means that you to have no regrets for the past. It means to not have any fears for the future also. And it's to just fully embrace the present moment with gratitude. This moment right here next to these mirrors with the ocean behind you and the, the walk you took and the sunrise I enjoyed all by myself. And to just enjoy <laughs> this, all, whatever this is, yeah. and to do it with gratitude and accept it at face value as all is well, as it should be. And I'm blessed. Well, and you know, this really made me, we had an interesting conversation. You and I went for a walk last night uh, across the street there. There's this really great place where you can walk. It has all these little bridges and lakes. And anyways, we had a great time. But I asked you, I said, I was curious what you thought of performance art. And I'm not talking about, you know, dancing or something. I'm talking about, you know, you walk into a gallery and there's a woman sitting up on a shelf for 10 days in a smock or something. Um, and and you, I loved your answer. You said that really any art, you, you see it as art if, it's, if it helps to bring us in connection, into connection with the present moment. And that parlayed me to, to think about how we can infuse our lives with things that are doing that, that, you know, you can, you can connect yourself to ideas, tools, experiences that easily help you connect to the present moment because that is so powerful. Anything. And that's so true. Anything that brings you mentally and your focus into the present moment could be considered performance art. So our entire life should be one of performance art in the moment that is now. And it's just, that's just simply to let life take its course mm. without attempting to interfere with its movement and with its change. Just let it flow. Let, let it be. And get out of the past, get out of the future, and come into the moment. Now, this also means not trying to prolong um, 
pleasant to stay. Yes, yes. Pleasant to stay as well as to not try and speed up, unpleasant to leave. In other words, which is all of that's manipulative. You're allowing, you're mm-hmm. allowing the without to remain. And the focus then is inward and it's not outward. Mm. And that, that's, a, that's a big one. So it, it is absolutely possible to, to even ruin a good thing by hanging on to it. You know, trying to to keep it alive, breathe life into it longer than it's than its life expectancy. It's like it's like staying too long at a party. You know, <laughs> right? And because the party, you're you're associating the party with happiness, yeah. rather than happiness with I am. Therefore, I yeah. am happy. And I have to say, as I became more and more and more of a kinetic believer, this is just a personal anecdote, but I I was I started to realize that. I was operating on the idea of of fear, fear that the good thing wouldn't keep coming. So you're only able to truly release these positive experiences when you have this hope and this optimism and this excitement for the next thing, the next positive thing that's coming. And I had to learn to tether that together and, you know, release one believing for the next one, because I think we're trained like, you know, no good thing lasts. Well, if, if I am positive, then whatever I'm around is positive. Yes. And the thing is not positive. The thing is not what's bringing me joy and happiness mm. and all of those positive yeah. attributes. I'm the positive attribute. Yeah. I'm the good thing. And therefore, all things are, they just are. Yeah. So I'm not looking outward for, to be any kind of an answer. The answer is always within. So, but that only comes through detachment with gratitude in all things, not for all things. Right. I'm not grateful for all things, but I'm grateful in all things. Boy, there's a difference there. Yeah. But now to do this, to do this is to move in time with life. And to be in perfect accord with, well, with its changing tides, all of the ups and downs, and refuse, absolutely refusing to fear, refusing to judge, refusing to control other people, and refusing to meddle, you know, and to compete with others, try to be better, one-up you. Because all of, and, and what, what we're talking about, this is just called enlightenment, right? Mm-hmm. And to be enlightened is to be detached from both the past and the future and to just live in the eternal moment of right now. And the truth is, neither the past nor the future have any existence anyway. And both by themselves, you know, they're just illusions. All of life exists only at this very moment. And in this moment, it is both infinite and eternal. You know, we, were, we were walking... Um, together on the beach the other day <laughs> and doing this and doing this rapid fire remembering of the last 10 years or so yes that we we've been together more than 10 years but now where did all and we were like where did all those those things that we were engaged in the together moments. go where, where did they go <laughs> all the all the memories all the stuff all the places which has just been like i said rapid fire so many memories but even you know, with the volume of all of that, it was just you and me walking down the beach together in the present moment of now, and we're going, where did all of that go? Mm-hmm. They don't actually exist. None of that actually exists. However, our moment together, Maggie, this moment right now, that moment walking down the beach passed through all of those experiences. So they're not gone. They are as eternal as we are. 
then they are always, but they are always in the present moment of now. So the past is enriched in the moment of now. And our present moment just moved through those experiences, increasing who you and I are together. Well, and this dovetails so nicely into something you were just saying before this, which is that we're, we are setting the tone for our own present moment. And I know for me that that's something I have to constantly, constantly, constantly remind myself of because you can be easily duped in the blink of an eye, duped into thinking that someone else or something else is setting the tone for the experience that you're having. And that's just not the case. We are setting the tone. We are in charge. Should be. Should be. Mm -hmm. Well, but you know, even if it's a negative tone, it's still, you are, we're always deciding whether it's good or bad, how we're perceiving something, how we're receiving something. And so we're, we're crafting that bubble, like you tell us, all the time. And, uh, and again, it goes right back to taking responsibility mm. and not yeah. allowing anybody else to set the tone, Yeah, but taking responsibility for that. And, you know, that's a big word, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, take, take, take responsibility. <laughs> it's <a big> phrase. <laughs> it is. It really is. And I have to say, when you first kind of get a hold of that concept, it's, it's sort of frightening. But the moment that you cross that threshold... And that's it. And that's part of it being enlightened as well, taking that responsibility. But it actually becomes exciting. You know, you, you, it's like someone's sort of been fumbling around with your life. And you're like, you know what? Just give it to me. Let me do it. Just let me do this. Let me get it over with and fix what I want to fix and move on. But that's the ultimate freedom, <laughs> isn't it? Yes. When you take good. responsibility, you're taking the freedom. You're taking, you're taking your life back mm-hmm. from whatever may have been controlling it before. But, you know, this yeah. present moment right now, this right now moment right now. is infinitely small. Yeah. Because before we can even measure it, it's, it's gone. Yeah. And yet it persists forever. And fear, fear is only the fear of losing this moment, which is actually not even possible. And the only thing that can be lost is the illusion of the past or the future. I almost feel like you're, you're taking us in the direction of this of a concept that really takes the present moment and removes it more from time and, and attaches it more so to our, our spirit, our soul our our identity um our our total experience of through all time and and i shouldn't say time that sort of (laughs) negates what i just said but i guess i'm just saying what are you trying to say i don't know (laughs) just saying words but but really i mean i just love the concept though of taking the present moment and not categorizing it as uh, memorable or futuristic mm. or attached to time. It, no, it's really more of mm. who we are instead of an entity outside of ourselves that we're uh, an experience that we're having. Right. We're in. We're in the illusion here. The, the movement. Now, the movement that we're talking about, like from the past to the present, right, mm-hmm. and from the present to the future. That kind of movement, when you when you look at it in a linear way. <laughs> Um, it's it's been called the the Tao by Eastern philosophers, but the yeah. fact is there is no movement like you're saying. I mean, the universe is expanding within itself, which we're part of. It's not expanding from or beyond itself. It's expanding from within itself, and in the same way, the essence of who each one of us is expands to become more or contracts to become less in the moment of who we are. Yeah. So the life that's advancing can be called at the same time, the eternally expanding and the eternally present moment. Mm -hmm. Now, 
And I am more because of the journey of my moment. We are more collectively, you and I, because of the journey of our moment. As we look to the look, as we look back and at the past and all those experiences that our moment has, we've enjoyed together. We have become more because of that. Mm-hmm. So, how is the journey of your of your moment going, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> How's it doing? Um, <laughs> I have to say, I have to say that what you're describing, for for me, it's it's always interestingly more vital, a, a more vital component of my life when I'm in a more mundane setting. Say, take grocery shopping versus having maybe a pinnacle moment, like we're it's a standing ovation after a performance or something, because when when we go after enlightenment and we want to experience the li- life to the fullest you know you're talking about expansion i think it's the mundane that can make you feel small insignificant bored whatever you want to call it but but ushering in that present moment the power of that present moment it can transform any situation any conversation any experience into something wildly meaningful and and with with depth well you're hitting on it because if if what is considered to be a mundane situation causes you to be anything you're still ad- identifying with an experience you're identifying with with a performance you're identifying with something other than the moment that you are occupying mm-hmm. you're identifying with your ego is still trying to get you to play the role of identifying with something else something on the without so but if your journey of your moment is your what you tend to that's where you do your housekeeping mm-hmm. that's where you continue in joy and happiness and prosperity and perfected health and all those things, then the question is, are you optimistically happy in your moment? Are you filled with joy in your moment? Are you healthy in your moment? Are you attracting wealth in your moment, regardless of where your moment is, regardless of whether they are booing you at the end of a performance or celebrating you at the end of the performance? It has nothing to do with the moment that you are tending the house of. Right. So. Um, question. So when we're uh, ushering in this present moment, it is it automatically connecting us to higher consciousness? Is this the best way to always be thriving and and exercising in, living in, attaching ourselves to higher consciousness? Yeah, we're moving into higher consciousness when we look within to define ourselves rather than without to to uh, identify with things. Because if, for example, you know, if you're not taking, if if you are emotionally roller coastering through life based on the way things appear to be, then you're taking things seriously. You're taking everything far. You're taking it seriously. <laughs> the kind of seriousness that drags people down and kills the life of the spirit. It's mm-hmm. not sadness. It's not depression. It's, and it's not the people around you. It's not circumstances. And it's not the lack of opportunity. The kind of seriousness that deflates a life is a type of play acting Mm -hmm. in which the actor is deceived into identifying themselves with their part, with their profession, with their education. They're identifying with the neighborhood. They're identifying with the family they grew up in. They're identifying with the past or somehow with the future. And isn't that the ultimate expression of ego? 
you're living fully in and run by the ego. And I like how you said play acting because it is a role. And I think that's why it can be such a depressing, stress-filled role because your your true self wants to get out. It wants to thrive. But the ego, they can't, That's there's no coexisting there. That lifestyle kills it. Well, and when you're in those things, Maggie, that's the lower consciousness. You asked about higher consciousness. That's mm-hmm. lower consciousness. That's being asleep rather right. than awakened. And we often talk about the wonderful, magical imagination of children. (laughs) And as animated as a child's belief system may appear to be, there is a seriousness in the way that a child will play. Mm -hmm. You watch them. I mean, they're taking it very seriously. It's a game, but my goodness, it's it's the real game. Oh, and you better take them seriously. You better take them seriously. (laughs) But, (laughs) But even the seriousness is different. Because a child is aware that it's only playing and, and actually the seriousness of the child's play is an indirect form of the fun mm. that they're having. Mm. Yeah. But now what happens is this playful seriousness becomes a vice in adults when we mm. don't let it go because they believe the validating judgments of other people and the, the completion or the internalized condemnation. And most people, they'll even go on to make a religion out of the game of life. Mm. And everything becomes serious. Everything becomes so weighty and so heavy. And most people lose the faith of a child that, that they once had to identifying themselves with the illusion of their part or, or their position in life that they f- somehow fear that they're going to, to maybe lose it. And that's such a, it metastasizes, doesn't it? Seriousness mm-hmm. yeah. breeds seriousness. And so you, you begin by having a serious conversation, but then all of a sudden it's infected mm-hmm. everything in your life. And you can't even send an email without a scowl and horrible stressors kicking in. So, you know, this affects every day, every moment, converse, relationships, you know, it, it can absolutely blanket your entire experience. It's the kind of seriousness that deflates a life. And this is especially true when an unenlightened person rises up to any kind of a degree of responsibility. Mm. They're put in charge. They become the boss. Yeah. And they develop this, this, well, the heaviness of the crown. And they believe that they now uh, wear that crown. And, and you've heard that saying, heavy, yeah. is the, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Yes. <laughs> well, there's a lack of faith of partnering with God, with higher consciousness. Mm. And as a result of that, there's just this stiffness of personality that they take on. And there's a hardness, which is just an indication that, you know what, they're using their dignity. They're using their self-perceived uh, reputation which is just a sense of this arrogant pride as props in order to keep their head above trouble. So, and I'm finding myself wondering if you feel locked, and I think that's probably the sensation that you have if you're carrying that around, if you feel locked into a seriousness of life, how do you even begin to break out of that? Yeah, because this unenlightened person, Maggie, they become trapped. They become locked in this round-robin circle of life. And their their problem is that instead of playing the original genius of their purpose out in this life, rather than that being the game of their life, attracting, as a result of that, the opportunities that just expand the character of their one-of-a-kind spirit, the role that they found themselves in begins to play them. Mm. And they're just like a fish out of water. They're trapped in that. And Mm -hmm. so when we often see this, posers who are just trying to be someone else, imagine, if you will, a world where you could create along with someone 
uh, who was in their actual genius of purpose without fail. You're, you're, you know, we're showing up to do a concert and the sound guy is in his genius of purpose and the person attending the crowds are in their genius of purpose and every yes. single musician there is in their genius of purpose and the, the, the manager of the venue and everybody is in their genius of purpose. What a world this would I'm, be. I'm not going to lie. That makes me want to start like a genius of purpose commune. <laughs> come one, let's come do all. It. Uh, let's do it in Sedona. Let's Sedona, do it. Arizona, right? Let's all live together. I mean, and... because if that were the case, you know, there, would, there would not be a need for reviews. There wouldn't be a need for references when we're hiring someone. We... We hired a photographer recently for one of our concerts, yeah. and I'm telling you, she was not in her genius of purpose. I know. She was, she was very frazzled, pretending to be something that she wasn't. Yep. I mean, she shows up with a camera, and she has a little setting on it to make it sound like it's got a motor in it, and there's no film in the camera, yeah. and it was such, and, and the pic. The, the pictures she made were <laughs> make a picture, right. which is not well. And right. I think an interesting uh, aspect of what we're talking about is the truth of oneself that lies under the surface of this facade that you've built and lived according to maybe for decades. And there is nothing, you know, there's something so uh, that it can be crippling the idea of people truly knowing you mm -hmm. if you have lived with any kind of facade for any amount of time because of course we all want to be accepted of course we all want to be celebrated and raised up and 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 loved for who we really are but for who we really are for who we really are but there is a i think there's a threshold that you know you that has to be crossed and you must push through and it's not to say it's easy or hard, but it just has to be done to, to break through this. You have to get your back up and say, you know what, by gosh, I am going to live my truth. Go dance I, on the I, beach. I am going to do me. <laughs> because people yeah. can easily see through the guise of pretense. Yes. Whether you believe it or not. Mm -hmm. We can see you. Yeah. I see you. <laughs> I can see you. <laughs> I can see what you And I love you. And I still love you, but I see you. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there there's this push-me-pull-me dance between the illusion of form, which, which comes from the sorrow of seriousness. Let's just call it that. Mm -hmm. And the yeah, delight of genius, it. which emerges from within. The world of positive forms and the world of the illusion, which is what the majority of people will take to be the real world, is all that there really is. And there's nothing else. There is a creative truth. And then there is an imposter. Actually, the Bible calls it a merry heart for the person who is enlightened and who joins in this playtime, knowing that it's playtime. Mm. Life performed from within the faith of a child. Playtime. I've got a merry heart. Why? How is it you can be so happy? Why are you so filled with joy? Because I'm just here playing. We said it the other day. We feel like we're just running around an amusement park, <laughs> running from one experience to the other. It's all fun. Counting it all joy. Life performed from within the faith of a child, and the substance of belief then takes on the form of kinetic energy, which conforms circumstances to the faith, to the belief of the one doing the believing, of the one living this, this joy-filled life. And you know, a big part of this is slowing down enough to rise above and get that aerial view of your life so that you can even see what needs to be done, where things can be tweaked, because... When, we're, when you're in the midst of this, even if it's by a tiny bit, even if you're just a little bit, you know, living unconsciously, um, 
it has an effect and it's almost as if you're living underwater. You have to come up for air and slow down for at least a moment to even take stock of where where are things? You know, let me look around. Let's be introspective. It takes time to do that because if you just keep running on the same hamster wheel day after day after day, it, nothing can change. We have to meditate on this. You've got to be a journaler. You have to work in your journal. You have to open up the pages to work on your articles of faith and the blueprint of your life and say, no, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. This is why I'm here. This is my purpose, my genius of purpose, and this is what I'm about. Because if there is anything nagging at you, if there's anything causing a problem like a just a, a prick in the flesh, a little painful thing, if you're sad, depressed, angry, mad at someone... If anything is off kilter, a person only suffers because they take seriously what the Creator made for fun. Mm. It was all made for fun, all made to enjoy yeah. and to delight in and to dance along the, the, the world's shores with, with joy. It's, it's fun, and that's how we know that we're flourishing. Because we're operating in the immovable, unchanging, all-in faith of a child in the power of kinetic belief. And there's such a release, isn't there, that comes when you know you're having fun. When mm. something, maybe it's it's maybe it's even a surprise to you that you're in the middle of this fun situation. But the point is that it's a release. And you can sense that in life. So if you if we can build those fun experiences day after day after day, um, it, it, it really has quite an impact um, on our identity and then even what we're, what we're attracting acting toward us. I'm fun, so every experience is. Yes. Yes. There it is. The experience isn't the fun thing. I'm the fun thing. Yeah. So yet again we're setting the tone. We're setting the tone for the present moment for what we're experiencing at all times. Right. And now you gotta you gotta be really careful here too, because life is filled with ups and downs for everybody around you. And obviously you don't want to dance on someone's grave. Proverbially, <laughs> <laughs> proverbially, or, or 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 in reality, or literally, but <laughs> you don't way. want to. So you know, keep. You've got. To, we have to learn to control the fun aspect of it, but it's counted all joy, right? Yeah. But now a human being is asleep. Somebody is unenlightened when they lose their higher consciousness sense of humor. Mm-hmm. When you lose that, you're asleep. And we, when we align our innermost essence with higher consciousness, with the mind of creation, with the mind of God, we begin to flow with the universe by moving for the divine purpose of playfulness. Because just like an imaginative child, playfulness, fun, is delighting in the fashioning of the desire, delighting in the pursuit of it, the journey, the chase of it. It's the delight of that and that we're, we are enjoying and, you know, this person, it's an interesting thing. It, okay, let's have fun, sense of humor. It all sounds so light and exciting, and it is. However, you can see how pursuing this in, in our own lives, it's going to reveal things that we need to work on or fix or deal with. Because from, from my own situational experiences, whenever the sense of humor isn't there, it, it typically roots back to shame condemnation, a paranoia of self. Things you've identified with. Things you've identified with. And and many many times, obviously, that's been put on us. Mm-hmm. We've been conditioned to feel shame, to think someone's talking negatively mm-hmm. about us. Ego. And so if we can actually achieve 
what sounds so small and funny, a sense of humor. But we, if you can truly achieve that and approach life in that way, you've done quite a work. You've really overcome so much social conditioning, so much negative identity integration that we've overcome through journaling and, and this podcast and conversation. But I just think I like the idea that we're putting it up here on a shelf. You know, being lighthearted is a huge achievement. And the way to achieve that is to be that. Yes. Yes. Is to be that. When you become that, you've achieved that. <laughs> do it. <laughs> <laughs> just do it. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, you just you just want me to do it? Okay. Just do it. <laughs> so right. So and, and you go go back to your journal. What is it that you desire? What is it that you are aspiring for and toward? Because yes. to play with that is not a burden. Yeah. To play with your desire, that's not a burden. It's not some kind of work with uh, work about responsibility. It's not something you have to labor at because it, you know it's some kind of a duty. But kinetic belief, when it is employed, it's joy. And it's for the one. It's for the one that doesn't have the viewpoint of their their life as a joy. It can neither express. They can't express themselves appropriately because they they're not identifying mm. with the proper thing from within, and so they just don't even understand the life that they've been given. Well, you know, you begin this podcast by talking about detaching, which is a wonderful word because it's just so visual, right? You know, cut the cord. <laughs> you know, cut the tether. So detaching from these serious ideals and it made me think about a story so you and i many years ago we took a road trip to alaska we left san diego and we drove we drove for how many days 10 days or something through the yukon it was this epic trip and we were considering staying there for a few months but things happen schedules change we were there for a little while and we had to head back down to to california and i just i'll never forget the moment that you you realized you had to drive back <laughs> and you drive from alaska you to san diego dissolved into the most unbelievable body shaking laughter that i've ever seen you tears coming down your face but you could and you laugh for probably 20 minutes but you know, it's and it's well, it hilarious. Eight thousand miles, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. But I think about that all the time because through the Yukon, you know, in the snow. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's winter. Yeah, don't think it's not winter. <laughs> but this is such a prime example of of a sense of humor and being lighthearted affecting your entire life. So the ability to reframe things, and you can only do that. This is the point I'm making. You can only do that when you have consciously detached yourself from the physical world around you. So you're sort of hysterically laughing at being a higher being, an eternal being that now has to get in your truck and drive 8,000 miles. But it's the detachment that allows for it. The detachment, that because people that are mesmerized by have-to-dos, mm. by misery, by sorrowful, um, and the, the weight of taking everything too seriously and you become mesmerized. I'll tell you this. There is no hell that is worse than that in which a person is living without knowing it. Mm. They're in the future. They're in the past, but they're not in the present moment enjoying it. And usually a person who's afraid of change is living a life that's been transformed by reasoning, reasoning with responsibility, reasoning with those hard things and bending to peer pressures and then seeking you know, the validation of other people. But now don't get me wrong here. 
It's part of the human experience where we've been created with the authority to make choices. Everyone experiences their own degree of the fear of change. And that's why the habits of life are formed. Because people don't want to change. That's why most people will do, they'll do whatever it takes to create uh, comfort zones around themselves. And in fact, neuroscience has shown that uncertainty feels the same as failure in our brains. And that's why so many people would rather avoid any kind of change because of how uncomfortable mm. the associated feelings with change can be. And so while it's common to feel like change is, you know, it's scary. I'm frightened of change. Some people may be dealing with something that's called uh, seophobia, which is actually such an intense fear of any kind of change that it can be paralyzing and really hard for other people to live with and even live around you. And this level of the fear of change, it causes an intense anxiety when somebody is facing any kind of a new situation or any kind of a new experience. And often the fear of change, it, what, it happen, what happens is it produces anxiety and it creates depression and fatigue and pain, stress, all those things. And a lot of people run from success because with success, comes change and positive development. Mm. This, this makes it make a lot more sense when you have experienced it yourself or maybe you see someone else um, doing the, the self-sabotage dance and you just see it happening yeah. over and over just when they're yeah. about to finally have a success. They have an opportunity. Um, they cause it to, to fail because, and it makes sense now. Well, there are so many different life experiences where people suffer from a fear of change. And yeah. you know, for example, someone may choose to stay in a toxic relationship because they're scared of the alternative of being single or having to go on dates to you know, sure. find somebody new. Or when people stay in jobs that make them miserable. They can't, they hate their job. But, but um, to leave, you know, or it, because they're unsatisfied, it, that scares them. You go out and you know, start some new job. And of course, the best solution to not be satisfied in a person's creative input uh, would be to move on and try something new. If you're not satisfied because of what you're asked to do with your tasks every day, and you think, you know, this just isn't for me. This is not the creative input that I know that I am here on this earth to be an expression of. This isn't the abundant life. This is not where I flourish. And I, I, I know that I need to move on. I know that I need to try something new. But, you know, a person absolutely just feels stuck in a situation when they're just afraid of change. And it's just as simple as that. And the obvious isn't so obvious to the egoic mindset because the mind is sitting there rationalizing, reasoning with you. And as long as you have the conversation with the ego, it's going to win. It'll win the day. Mm -hmm. It will show you. It will convince you to stay in that toxic thing. It will convince you to not live your best life and give you endless reasons why you should stay exactly in that thing. Well, I think this is why ever since I got into kinetic belief so many years ago, the attribute of adaptability has become top shelf for me. And I think evolving into that, constantly wanting to be more adaptable, more, um, you know, able to morph, able to move with this life, with experiences, always make, making sure that you feel a little on edge with what you're, the, the situations that you are forcing yourself to be in. All of a sudden that becomes so vital, so important to 
not just success and and growth, but also I think to happiness. It becomes even addictive. At first, it may seem terrifying, but then all of a sudden, you think, God, I can't live without it. I can't live without these new experiences. Well, by by living on edge, like you're saying, that is making room for the universe to do its part. Leaving the other fifty percent of the what's going yeah. to come tomorrow up to God, up to the part of your uh, what you're attracting to manifest in your life, your heart's desire being made manifest, mm. and, and that's what you just said. That really revealed the why. Why it's so terrifying to to do something new, to experience change, if you are taking it all on your own mm. shoulders. Because the the you can't be adaptable or do any of this if you're trying to do the full 100%. We have to remember our role, the role of the universe, the role of belief, and how all of this, this works together. Well, and to be on edge like that and to be f- afraid of change, that's just, you know, really that that is... Um, using your authority incorrectly to try and control and meddle and manipulate the world around you. That's it's dominion run amok. Because the ego is afraid of change because it just doesn't trust. It doesn't trust God. It doesn't trust the substance of your best thoughts coming to pass. It doesn't, it, it yeah. cannot, it can't exist in the moment, in the house that you're tending, in the, the your sphere of influence that where you should be turning your attention. And it's identifying with the past or the future. Yeah. It's afraid of change because outcomes are unknown, like you said. Kinetic belief is missing. The faith of, of a child is missing. Relationship with the Creator isn't present. And the ego is under the illusion of actually being in control of those things. Control of that which cannot and should not be controlled, which then produces fear. Because the spirit of a person actually has a knowing that, you know what, the authority of its dominion is being abusive. I am being abusive to this surrounding. I'm being abusive to other people, trying to control them and manipulate them to get them to do what I want them to do. For the outcome to be like I want it to be. For them to be like I am. It's just being a bully to the circumstances of life and everybody around you. And as as a result of all of that, at the end of the day, because I'm a bully, guess what? I'm afraid. Our brains are designed to find peace in knowing. And when we don't know what will happen, we make up all these scenarios, and in turn, we create worry that what we want won't happen for us. So I'm going to make my little cocoon here, get in my recliner, watch the same shows over and over, and I'm not going anywhere doing anything different because I'm afraid that it's not going to happen for me. And when something doesn't happen like I thought it might, well, I'm just grateful that the better is, you know, going to show up. I'm, I'm just uh, grateful that, you know, it, things might work out according to the way that I want them to work out. And that's as far as my gratitude will go. I'm thankful that, you know, my meddling may somehow have a reward at the end of the day. There's a passage in the Bible that says, only God knows our heart's desires. And so I'm trusting in the universe, which contains the blueprint for my best life. I don't know what it is. Mm. It's in the universe. All I know is what excites me. And positivity 
If, if I remain positive, if I remain hopeful, if I remain grateful and expect health and abundance and f- a flourishing life like a, a plant, a tree reaching out toward the sun, ex- expanding and growing my limbs and my branches, then the universe is going to do its part. It's going to meet me with the more that I can't see, that I'm not supposed to see. I will recognize it, though, when it shows up because my, my best intentions for myself and my life will recognize it when it shows up. And when it shows up, I'll just know it. It's the familiarity because it's what my heart is attracting after all. And one of the interesting things about discovering your heart's desire, being shown that as we move along, as we move through space and time and experiences, is that you start to realize that it's not these hard line, plateau-minded goals that are your heart's desire. It's the way that you are experiencing life. It's the way that you are moving through this journey. Um, the people that you're, that you're experiencing it with the conversations, it's the, the, really the minutia of, of the whole experience that, that is equal to your heart's desire. And these big things, you know, the house, the car, whatever is representing that big goal. All of a sudden that's not even it. You, you become, you know, an experienced hunter and, and you're only satisfied mm, with mm, new experiences, good. new things to yep. see, new things to taste, mm. new people to meet. And, and it, that's what all of a sudden starts to feed you because that's how we were built. You know, so many of us, we don't even realize that we we're going through life, trying to live life in a way that we're not even built for. We're, we're misusing our heart and our mind and our intentions and so when we can finally get rid of all that mm-hmm. and be honest with ourselves and not be plateau minded and the mountaintop is not the all end all mm-hmm. it is you know if if you go on a camping trip and you're camping and you're you're hiking to the top of the mountain the view is great and everything at the top but what you're going to remember is the tent setting up the tent the the crickets at night the experience of getting there and you know not to say oh the the journey's better than the destination. I mean, you hear that all the time, but there's there's a bigger depth of, of truth in that. And but what the ego wants to do is it does want to exchange the delight of the journey, of the adventure, to exchange that for the thing, to exchange it for the comfort of knowing, the comfort of the house. It's funny that you that you describe the ego as like uh, sitting in a recliner. <laughs> Like, let me get as comfortable as possible and get my big bag of chips and never opposite. move again. I mean, light the recliner on fire if that's what you have to do. Well, the ego, the ego, which is lower consciousness, finds it extremely hard to move on when something that is known comes to an end. Mm. Yes. And the fear of the illusion of failure creates a fear of change. Yeah. So if the ego doesn't know how something is going to turn out, and it doesn't, a lot of people would rather not even try. I don't even want to go. I don't want to pack my bags. I don't want to go there. I'm not going to try this new thing. I don't want to get the new camping gear. I don't want to try any of this because the outcome could be bad when measured by the illusion of winning and losing, for example. So for the unawakened, trying something new becomes a risk. Yeah. There's risk involved. The fear of change comes from the wrong perspective of a person's experiences. And a lot of it is learned from familial viewpoints which are translated into personal outlooks and the perception of current conditions when overlaid by the ego with the fear of just a negative outcome. 
For example, if, if someone grows up around people and, that have a negative worldview and is they're filled with cynicism, mm. this then will plant the seeds of fear and anxiety over trying anything new. And there, there are many religions in the world today that retreat into the historical perspectives to avoid trying anything new because of, of a negative worldview rather than a positive worldview. And this is especially common if a person's parents have dealt with some kind of life trauma and an abuse of some sort or even poverty earlier in life. And this is going to this produces generational egoic curses passed on from one generation to the next. And you can see this throughout the world collectively in, in so many different regions. About 20 years ago, I, I received an unction from higher consciousness to move to the Appalachian Mountains, and and I went there not knowing what was supposed to be shown to me, but it was so profound and so loud in my spirit that I knew that there was something beyond my yeah. present sense of awareness. Mm -hmm. And what what I found was a generational curse of Appalachian poverty in pockets that were you know like third world countries and. In certain areas where the vernacular of the people, the, the way that they talked was you know, like two, three hundred years ago. They were so isolated. People still living on dirt floors and and without running water and and a lot of uh, the types of same yeah. sickness and diseases that you it see in other shocking. places of the world. And it was shocking. But but the point of it is, is that, you know, these these types of abuses from poverty are easily passed along and it doesn't even have to be poverty and comes in many different sizes, shapes, and forms from one generation to the next. And so all these negative experiences uh, creates a worldview that then promotes this mindset that, you know what, all paths away from home are dangerous and all those ways out of this, this neighborhood, this, this, uh, a uh, valley that you've been born into, uh, you know, or all, anything else is filled with negative outcomes. You were to remain in the religious sect that you were born into. Wear the hat, wear the coat, wear the shoes, stay where you are. <laughs> but you see, the irony is that this egoic conditioning, conditioning actually attracts the dangerous and the negative things that are feared at home. Those things that the, the, the zealots are telling you are harmful to you actually becomes the way of life inside those walls. Yeah. And this is the way people become programmed to be jaded and cynical toward others. It's the dogma of religions that will also create the same effect. And it creates cynicism toward the joy of life. Well, and this goes back to what we were just talking about, the, how the... Um the shame and the condemnation are that's many times what is producing that seriousness that that is so dangerous and because of that dangerous seriousness instead of flourishing to become more it just becomes easier for most people to stay with what is known even when it's a life of repetition mm -hmm. of fear of dread of depression and boredom and the annual on the calendar days of sickness where i'm always sick and all of you know it and and all these problems that become a habitual round robin patterned way of life well that goes back there's that saying i'd rather you know deal with the devil i know instead of the devil i don't and that's this 
That's part of the conditioning, the idea that, you know, everything's pretty much negative. Everything's pretty much really hard. So at least you know how to live this life. At least you know what to do in this, in this concept of, of life, the neighborhood, and the hierarchy that's already in place. And so that's what's so beautiful about even with crossing over that threshold into kinetic belief, beginning the journey of journaling and self-introspection. It is the first step toward the things that you you never did imagine. You you were never told about this. The conditioning was so deep and it ran so deep that you literally just had to go a world away to even understand something different. It's it's the big release, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's there it is. It's the big release because the world in the, in the unlightened state conditions people to be naturally programmed to be in control, to be in control of other people. Change is evolutionary. So the fear of development, the fear of change is both an outcome of nature and the delusion of mm. nurture. Yeah. Yes. The delusion of nurture. Because, you know, yeah, uh, that's, that's another podcast. <laughs> but that being said, with knowledge... It really is, though. <laughs> with knowledge, with wisdom, fear can be cast down. Yes. And it takes work to realize that at some point in our life, at some point in the past, actually, everything was once an unknown. Mm -hmm. I mean, within that moment, in that end time, everything was an unknown, right? So sure, it takes some measure of courage and continuous action to continue advancing on a path of positive expectations. And that's why it is so vital to journal every single day in creation of a mindset that delights in and embraces positive change. And I have to say today specifically, we have definitely taken a deeper dive into the understanding the inner workings of a lot of negative experiences that many of us have. And I think we did that more today than usual. But it's important to understand on a on a cerebral level how these things work because then you can overcome it it takes the bite out of it takes the teeth away so that, you know it's not some monster under your bed it's well you know that's just my little brother making noises you know but under <laughs> that's you making <laughs> oh, noises it was me it was you. <laughs> i was the one under the bed but it but but really when I'm you can you. when you can develop a, a depth of understanding about our past our experiences toxic people negative experiences bad conditioning that's in us um when you can develop that understanding it it's finally something you can deal with and you can write about and you can put to bed and you can move on from how do we develop the understanding <laughs> we write about it that's right. when we journal yes. and, and it's the five modalities of kinetic belief that produce results that are positively using the imagination and the modalities are stirring up desire for those positive manifestations. It's gratitude for the manifestation before you can see it. Not after you see it, but before you can see it. And it's speaking the language of your manifestation. It's articulating what you are attracting into the present tense. And then there's the action. There's the action. And there's the more action. And you keep acting and you keep going and you keep doing. So now the kinetic believer is embracing change. Mm -hmm. And we're looking for change which really is just vulnerability in its purest, most beautiful form. Yes. Being vulnerable puts us in a place where we can face our fears without fear. 
In other words, it's accepting that we may not have control over, the, over other people, but we can overcome and manage any circumstance or any situation that we face by controlling ourselves, by controlling our own emotions, by controlling our desires, controlling our own optimistic level of happiness and our sense of jo- being joy-filled. We can control our own sense of well-being. And that's the extent of it. When we're able to transcend a higher consciousness, we change our perspective with the expectation that for all things to become change is for all things to be good, to become good. And, you know, there's no timetable for the arrival of good things, by the way, mm-hmm. because present tense gratitude says they are good now. Yeah. Well, that doesn't look so good. It's good now. Well, that, that's, that goes hand in hand with saying I am abundance. I am positivity. I am peace. Right, because there's some, like you said, there's some irony to casting down the ego because this is the wisdom that actually regains a sense of power that comes from the proper use of creative dominion, which is saying, I am, therefore I am. I am happy. I am health. I am love. I don't have it. I am that. And I am is the ultimate present moment. The ultimate identity, isn't it? Yeah. You don't have to start by kinetically believing for the extremes to come in manifest either. You know, that's, we don't start at the, at the end. For example, when you begin taking inventory of all these little things in your life that you are fully expecting to redevelop, to come into alignment with your expectations, you may have a lot of things in your life that you're thinking, you know what, this has got to change. That's got to change. All this needs to change. Well, things like Choosing what you want to major in, to finding the right job, to picking a life partner, finding the courage to actually live your truth, whatever it is. Start where you are. You don't have to go over there to start. (laughs) Start where you are. Imagine what you want and begin journaling what that desire looks like. Work out the modalities, and that is the total sum of our part in all of this. So you just you quit fretting over the rest of it because it's none of your business. Your business is, is you. <laughs> I'm, I'm my business. <laughs> so mind it. and, and the, yeah. Mind your business. And the rest is up to the universe now to fulfill, and it will. It always does. It always has. It has to. By looking within to define our genius of purpose, we actually diminish the fear of change. But I'll tell you this, that if you don't know what you desire, then any decision can be really scary. Mm. But if you first understand your why, then when you have to make choices when they show up or make a change, you can then ask yourself if it will align with your purpose. Because if it does, then you never again confer with other people about it. It's settled. You settle it and you don't reason with it, which is nothing more than looking for an exit. <laughs> that's, that's what committees are best at. Reasoning with a plan until everybody can find the exit. <laughs> Just let me out of here. Do whatever you want. <laughs> I know what. Let's get, a, let's get a, a, a truckload of food together and, and let's take it up into the Appalachian Mountains and give it to the Families that need it most. <laughs> well, I don't well, know. Well, let's form a committee and talk about this right. six months later. What truck? What food? We all found the exit. What committee? What committee? <laughs> Adjourn already. <laughs> right. Good night. So but when you just know that you know, then you say to yourself, it's settled. That's yes. it. 
That can help to eliminate this endless parade of options that just don't work toward manifesting your best life. And then make sure that you're only giving access to those who champion you, to those that celebrate you. Don't go out to dinner with them that are not encouraging and edifying the essence of who you are. Not what you think you are, but the essence of you. Yeah. Not jumping through all the hoops and, and you're trying to get them to like you because you're saying the right things, but the essence of you, the truth of you, the real article of you. You'll have to get around some other kinetic believers probably to do this. Oh, yeah. And, it, and, and if you desire to have more people in your life that will champion and celebrate and encourage and edify you, then make plans to come and spend time with me and Miss Maggie at the Kinetic Believers Retreat in Sedona, Arizona this coming when? April. I think it might be the last weekend in April. I think you're correct. And you're going to make a lot of new friends who are kinetic believers, oh, just yeah. like you, just like you. They're going to love you because they are loved like you. Yes. And we're going to learn some new things about ourselves and about the universe and about manifestations and higher consciousness. Mm. And that'll be in Sedona, Arizona, last weekend of April. Oh, I can't wait. Those events always are so... Uh, it's not even... The word isn't just empowering, but it's there's something about that many people showing up together with this with that like mindedness in that power of you know we all agree we're showing up to agree about how all of this works mm, it's empowering in that it's transformational yeah yeah actually leave a different and, person and honestly like i mean the work within it may be sticky and and when big change it always feels a little hard but at the same time i feel like those events make it easy like if i just if i can just get myself there <laughs> It's going to just roll out. It's going to be amazing. Well, that's the thing about a kinetic believers workshop is that we're not becoming something new. We're unbecoming yes. everything that we never were. Mm -hmm. And in this life, we always have both negative and positive people around us. I mean, that's a fact of life. You can't get away from that. That's just the way that it is. But we try to recognize critics and we try to recognize cynical people so that we can quieten their impact on our thoughts. So what we do instead as kinetic believers is we locate the people in our life who offer support for the original essence of who we really are, not who others demand that we be. And it's the mindful repetition of our life purpose that attracts results, that manifests results. And it's, well, it's kind of, it's kind of like an artist's uh, muscle memory. Yes. I mean, you can train your brain to follow a path of positive feedback rather than a, a negative feedback loop. You know, it's kind of like the aspens that you were painting over the summer. And mm -hmm. the, the first time you painted one is not anything like the last one you painted. <laughs> Correct. Transformation. You were on a journey yes. and a path. But then you, at one point you have, you know, the, uh, you, you, you cross that threshold and you're, you become consistent and it's not just that you're always increasing. It's not better, better, better. All of a sudden it is good. You can call it good, and then you get to repeat that and repeat that and repeat that. And much like a kinetic believer, when we have finally retrained those neurological pathways, you know, something seemingly negative shows up, and our instinct is to say, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be good. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I can see the, the path. And in, in accepting that good path, like with your Aspens, then you were embracing change yes. and reminding yourself at all times that you were making a change mm -hmm. and it always, it continued to work out for the better. The better kept yeah. showing up. The better kept showing up. And that's how we all condition our minds yeah. to embrace change rather than to fear it. Yeah. Expectation. You know, beyond 
Every horizon exists another gift of the unknown. Treasures of newness. And that's what keeps you and me just on this race. And <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> just, and, that, and that hit me, the gift of the unknown. Yes. Can I unwrap that <laughs> every yeah, day? Because <laughs> yes, like you were saying, when we were in San Diego preparing for a new concert series, and that unction came to us to go to Alaska. I don't care. It's 8,000 mile drive. No, you're not going to fly. You're going to make the drive to Alaska. The journey of the unknown was the most, one of the most splendid things uh, I, in my entire life. Yes. The herds of animals that we saw in the Yukon, we would never have experienced that. Yes. And those endless vistas of fresh water and mountains and the snow otherworldly experience became more it increased us yes as spiritual beings having a natural experience and when you make a change find ways to reward yourself which comes from being in the present moment of recognizing where you are and the experiences of of your moment and it doesn't have to be anything tangible either you know we can train our minds to believe that we're gaining a new positive reward even if we're just removing something from our lives mm. we've <laughs> transitioned through that and, and for example when we began reconditioning our lives to be able to work and to live around the world like we do we had to train our minds that we were gaining by removing gaining by getting rid of yes. gaining by uh, buy little doggies, um, house plant, be well, you know, getting rid of all these little <laughs> things that we love. Favorite chair. Yeah. Many things from our lives. <laughs> while, yes. the, while that can be a teacher, the past can be a teacher. It's the ability to focus on where you are now in your moment to be able to journey forward. So what I do is I use the information I have in the here and now to make decisions based on my current situation. Living in the future is unknown and it adds, it adds anxiety. So I'm not going to live in the future. But being in the present moment opens the door to every imaginable opportunity. And this is where we anticipate what can happen from change. Gosh, it feels exciting, doesn't it? We yes. get so excited every time we're changing locations and going from one place to another. It feels exciting. And so we embrace these feelings for as long as they last and we try to remind ourselves of, of these feelings during each step along the way. But what we do then is you go and you write down your purpose and how this change that's showing up can help you achieve goals in life. And that way you can refer back to this when you go through any anxious phases that always are going to show up. There's always going to be something knocking at the door trying to get you to become anxious, to get you to stop, cave in, quit, turn around, go home, forget the whole thing, <laughs> be safe and stop worrying. That's just regression, isn't it? Yeah. Nothing stays the same. You may think that you're staying the same by sitting in the recliner, but you're regressing. And the moment things turn worse before they get better, this is where anxiety and the fear of change uh, will rear up and, and, and become paralyzing, really. And this is the step at which you should be practicing the, uh, everything that we're talking about to overcome those situations. Well, this is the ultimate. I'm not going to live according to 
my senses. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to live and believe according to to the knowledge that I have of higher consciousness of of the way you know you you've taught us so much Steve about the the science of belief and the reason that things show up when we speak them and we can actually live according to that. Uh, yes because when we live according to that and you know the experiences of life that we talk about Mhm. When they are at their creative best, they are unpredictable. Yes. <laughs> they're totally unpredictable. Absolutely. And if, as soon as they are predictable, they're not their best. Yeah. So for the profound kinetic believer, it is so important to learn to expect the unknown and to practice a positive mindset when expecting manifestations. Unknown to the extent that, you know, whatever comes will actually be better for me than anything I could have hoped for or, or even imagined. And while the imagination for desire is an absolute, it is required, the imagination for the essence of higher consciousness, for wisdom to reveal the greater portion of me, rests in the trust of the universe. It rests in faith. It rests in the faith of a child, of the excitement of the unknown, and to unpack the genius of my greater, beautiful, most abundant version of me. Mm. Yes. Van Gogh was inspired by and began to use the... Uh, French Impressionist uh, artist, uh, Paul uh, Gauguin, I think. Gauguin. Gauguin, thank you. Techniques of painting from memory, who said, I shut my eyes in order to see. Mm. Yes. That's how we should be living this life. Absolutely. Because it's when we no longer live by what we see, by what we've been told, and but we shut our eyes to see from within, that we begin to gradually weed out the parts that aren't good, the parts that aren't even ours. They're not our parts. <laughs> and it's called loving ourselves the way creation loves us. And it's the way to learning about our own vision of purpose. Belief that excites the universe is going to come from belief that is in constant motion. In other words, when something isn't in constant motion, when there isn't any energy of action, whatever it is, it becomes stagnant. It becomes complacent. It becomes dead. In the same way, stagnant water becomes putrid, which is a, a, just a breeding ground for bacteria. As such, it no longer produces any kind of life, but instead it just actually becomes a, a hazard. When we journal with our determined expectations, backed by belief in constant motion, we're not complacent in our believing. We're not moved away from the hope of desire and the promise of manifesting the greater version of ourselves. What's, we're just flowing with, and moving with the authority of creative power, confidently partnering with higher consciousness in order to be able to attract the perfected version of ourselves while advancing our mind, bodies, and souls. Mm -hmm. And the universe, it's a forward-moving universe. And the belief of the Creator, which slung all things into motion, set it up for us to do the exact same thing. We are supposed to be living that way. The kind of belief that changes everything is backed by the grateful expectation of change, which is in constant motion. I feel like there should be a big warning label on this, you know, once activated, you know, you'll become addicted. <laughs> you cannot get enough <laughs> diversity. Yes. You cannot get enough new experiences. Yes. You can't meet enough new people. I know. mean, and the day one, you know, it, <laughs> you, you'll, you'll crave it even more on day 100. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many times have we run up against that? And it's an addiction. It, it really is. is. You, try, you try to become reasonable. My vice is change. <laughs> change. <laughs> Not bad, not bad. Meet me out in the alley and I can yeah, you hook got, you up. Amen, 
man, what you got? You got some change. Yeah. <laughs> because if, if, I love it. Because if your expectation for change for life has become dormant, if you feel stagnated, like nothing seems to be changing for you, it's not difficult to release yourself to motion to the same velocity of positive change yeah. that maybe you once had before. Mm-hmm. Start right now. Begin today. Become consumed again with the delight of life, with all things being possible. In other words, get up in the morning ready to fight the good fight of faith and apply the power of your personalized kinetic belief to every situation in your life. Not just those easy ones. Anybody can do the easy thing, but to every circumstance. There's another passage in the Bible which says, but thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. (laughs) There should be no other option on the table but to enjoy the presence of your spirit in the land of the living. What an opportunity each one of us has as, as explorers on this grand adventure of choices. And if you're approaching your life each day with a maybe I can or maybe I can't mentality or it is what it is, you're off to a bad start. Your expectations should be your joysticks. You are performing the act of you, and you have to unwaveringly expect to experience the best because that's the kind of belief that manifests positive change. And if you need to stir yourself up to believe with the kinetic force required to change, what you see needs to be changed. Start to see yourself on the other side of your situation. Journal from a posture of being joy, a being that you are happy, you are prosperous, being healthy. And you say, I am, therefore I am. I'm never defeated. Higher consciousness always wins. That's it. Always, always creates the loveliest. It always creates the liveliest version of each one of us. When we align with the original intention, we manifest the original source. But you just have to cast down fear and expect no less than the best. That's our job. You know, that's the purpose of this life, to expect no less than the absolute best. And when we make these simple changes in our journaling routines and begin practicing the kind of gratitude that changes everything and expect to see change, expect to see real manifestations, the kind of things that others call miracles, (laughs) nothing's impossible. Let's do some highest viewpoints. Say this, say, I am joy. I am joy. I am love. I am love. I am the essence of gratitude. I am the essence of gratitude. I am attracting positive change. I'm attracting positive change. New and exciting opportunities. New and exciting opportunities. Are all around me now. They are all around me now. And I'm manifesting. And I am manifesting. The destiny. The destiny. Of my purposeful journey. Of my purposeful journey. The universe supports me. The universe supports me. Higher consciousness guides me. Higher consciousness guides me. Change is always right on time. And change is always right on time. And it's always in this moment. And it's always in this moment. Right now. Right now. I see the good in all things. Mm, I see the good in all things. Right now. Right now. I celebrate. I celebrate. All that is right. All that is right. Around me. Around me. And in the world. And in the world. I am made of kindness. I'm made of kindness. I'm made of love. I'm made of love. Which I freely give. And I freely give it. Because it's what I am. Because <laughs> it's what I am. And I celebrate others. <laughs> I celebrate others. <laughs> 
with my words. With my words. And I champion them. And I champion them. With my actions. With my actions. I choose. I choose. To edify. To edify. Right now. Right now. Everyone. Everyone. That the universe sends my way. That the universe sends my way. I am. I am. Therefore I am. Therefore I am. Well, I have been set on fire today and I have a feeling it's going to carry me through to the next time we podcast next week. <laughs> and if not, I'm just going to listen to it again. There you go. <laughs> um stephencanyon.com is the website to find out all of the information for the upcoming events and of course we we post the concerts there as well so shoot us an email as well if you just want to reach out say hello have questions comments we love hearing from all of you and as we know today it really is all all over the world all those countries (laughs) and all those cities sending out much love and light to all you kb creatives all around the world thanks from all of us steve as usual for all the wisdom bye